Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. a great day out there. We really do appreciate you joining us, spending part of it with us here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula, America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Chaz Price. Myself, my name is Chris Swan. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Once again, 419-794-3030, online, arhq.com. Today on the show, trying to shed the pressure of working after retirement. We're going to talk about why 59 and a half is an important uh, milestone when it comes to your 401k. And we go in search of lost money that uh, might change your retirement future. All of this and more. But first, let me check in with the guys. Uh, Nolan, Chaz, glad to be with you. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, just, uh, you know, got back from a golf trip recently, a quick trip to Nashville to visit with some other financial advisors and kind of get a mid-year market update. So excited to share some stuff today. Yeah, I was actually at Putin bay this past weekend for my birthday. Had a great time. Got a little sun, um, went to dinner at the boardwalk. If you've ever been there or if you haven't been there, I'd highly recommend the lobster bisque poutine. It was amazing. Mm. And uh, lots of um, people watching. I think there was like 20,000 people in downtown, um, downtown Putin Bay. You know, it was just a lot of people unfortunately got overserved. I think. I don't know, but <laughs> not their fault. They were all there celebrating your birthday, of course, but uh, yeah. happy belated to you. And, you know, it, it's hard to believe that, that the summer, well, is, according to my son, at least, is, is getting ready to wind down here. School's getting ready to start back up. And, you know, the, the months go by quickly. The years go by quickly as you get closer and closer to retirement. So just a reminder, if, if you've got that on your horizon, there is no time like the present to go and start put that, putting that plan in place. And that's what the team is here for. Once again, 419-794-3030. Guys, let's go ahead and jump in here with a recent survey from Lincoln Financial that found that more than half of retirees said they would go back and plan their retirement differently if they had the option. 63% actually regretted not including investments that provided a steady stream of income, saying they'd like to receive, you know, that automatic paycheck that they were used to in the working world. For people that haven't retired yet, how can you help them avoid the want for a do-over? Well, I think you'd never want to get to retirement and be looking back, you know, and wanting to have a redo over. But, you know, I think there's things that I can always tell myself uh, five years younger, Nolan, here's what I should have could have done or even 10 or 15 years. So when we're looking at it, you know, and, and we're thinking about for retirement time, really all roads lead to income. You know, everything that you've kind of been building and growing are designed to provide income. And one of the you know most popular questions that people have is what is the biggest source of retirement income? And we look at it, you know, there's social security, you've got personal savings and investments, you've got, you know, individual retirement accounts, defined contribution plans, defined benefit plans. Uh, sometimes people continue to work in retirement time. And when we look at the numbers, the Social Security Administration, you know, what they put out back in their income of the age chart book uh, was showing that Social Security was the single largest source of income for people in retirement time, uh, followed by part-time work or earnings, and then by pensions, and uh, fourth was asset income. So when we break down each of these things, I think one of the things that's very important, we talk, Chaz, a lot about the importance of having what I would call a financial plan. You know, a financial plan is looking at the probability of success of how to be able to reach your goals and, you know, what the probability is. But 
there could be a lot of people that are either watching this video on YouTube or you know listening to the radio or one of our podcasts. And they may think, you know what, I have a financial plan. Or, you know, when I log in my 401k, it tells me what uh, the probability looks like. But when you're looking at your individual situation, I'd say one of the key elements to do is not only have a financial plan, have a written retirement income plan. And that's certainly one of the things that we can do. We go through this process to look at, you know, how do you try to take and drive up the income in each of all the areas of your plan to make sure when you look at each source of income, you're trying to get the most amount of income ultimately for as long as you live. So first of all, let's take social security. According to this study, it made up about 37% of the income source for a typical retiree. Yet at the same time, the social security, it puts out its own study. And what it shows is it shows that 70% of people roughly are deciding to take social security benefits early, meaning that they're electing a lifetime penalty by taking benefits early. Uh, in addition to that, when you look at social security at retirement time, social security can be a taxable source uh, based upon your certain levels of provisional income. You could pay zero or you know, sometimes 50% of it becomes taxable or up to 85% of it becomes taxable. But still in my simple math, if we think about it, you know, what percentage of withdrawals from traditional retirement accounts are taxable in retirement, Chess? What percent of a uh, hundred? Yeah, a hundred percent. So simple math, if only 85 or 50% is taxable, Social Security can be also a tax efficient plan when looking at not only it being the biggest source of retirement income, but being a, a source to try to be more tax efficient income. So if you haven't put much thought into Social Security, one of the things in the written retirement income plan we could do for you is run a Social Security optimization report. Within that Social Security optimization report, we'll put in there what maybe you thought would be your best approach on, on drawing it, and then we'll put the math behind it and help run some analysis and help give you a more confident answer to try to maximize what could be uh, one of your other biggest sources of income. The second one, uh, actually the, the third one, which is pension. So the second one is uh, part-time work. If, if you want to work part-time in retirement time, that's fantastic. Um, I'd say do something that you're passionate about, and there's nothing wrong with adding income to your bottom line by working. But the third one being pensions. And with pensions, this is another one of those irrevocable decisions. You only get one shot at you. You got to get it right. Um, I recently had some clients that came in um, new to the family and, you know, we'll call them Joe and Barb. And what Joe and Barb were doing is they were trying to decide what their best approach was on selecting their pension options. And so Joe and Barb, what they had is they had a choice. They could take a lump sum distribution, meaning that they could go ahead and they could take all of their money out. And then they would move it over to a self-directed IRA to try to avoid paying taxes now. They just pay taxes when they took the withdrawal out. They could take single life only, which would be, you know, for the retiree's lifetime. And when, when the retiree passed on, then the money was gone. Um, they could take a joint life payout. And they could also take some period certain options. Uh, so they had quite a few different choices. Initially, I said, you know, well, what were you thinking would be the best choice for you and your family? And they said, well, that big lump sum of money, that looks to be fairly attractive. I think we should just take that, uh, have you guys invest it, and, you know, that could be the, the best option for us. 
And so when we stopped and we looked at it, and again, we were thinking that, you know, pensions can be one of the biggest sources of retirement income. The study shows it's number three on the list. Um, number two, if you're not going to continue working in retirement, she's just going to enjoy retirement years. But that decision that she makes, that money, if you did the reverse math on it, she would need to make a nearly 8% rate of return to equal the monthly income that that option was going to provide if she took the pension option. Mm. And so, you know, although interest rates are a lot higher today, it would be unrealistic for me to say, hey, yeah, you can make 8% in today's marketplace. Because as we know, if you're invested in stocks and bonds, they can go up and down. Yeah. There are... There's guaranteed products that are out there, but you know, right now that environment's in that five and a five and a half percent range. The second option, and I kind of considered both of them important, you know. So I think for the typical retiree, we want the income to be consistent for both retirees for as long as possible. So the second option, when you look at it, is you look at, you know, Joe and Barb taking a hundred percent survivorship option. Uh, and it was about a $600 a month reduction to take that option. So okay. the the third option was uh, for her life, the retiree's lifetime, with a period certain. In this case, we found out that they could take a 20-year period certain. It was about $225 a month less. So it was substantially less than the $600 a month. But in this case, you know, he was 68 so add 20 years to that, period certain took them all the way out to 80, 88. So although it's not guaranteed for both of their lifetime, it's guaranteed for 20 years and her entire lifetime. In addition to that, if they both pass away within 20 years, there's the potential to leave some money to the next surviving children and leave it to whoever they identified as their beneficiary. So again, when you're looking at some of the biggest sources of retirement income, this is an area that working with us through the written retirement income plan uh, can be ways that you can do the math and we can help you do the math to figure out uh, what could be your best approach. Yeah. Chaz, I'd say the, the, the next area would be looking at like asset income. I know we, we spend a lot of time talking about the importance of the controllable items in retirement time. And, and asset income is another area that we tend to focus on. I, I would say that's a, a great analysis on the income. But the one thing that the pensions don't provide sometimes is a cost of living adjustment. I noticed that if you have a pension option, um, generally it doesn't come with that. So um, I'm going to kind of go a different direction here. We're going to talk a little bit about dividends. And part of that retirement income analysis that we'll do for our clients is includes a dividend yield analysis. And so what dividends are is it's a return of your, your investment. It's a more reliable source of income that retirees you know, generally use for their expenses. And so what we find is not only is a dividend a more reliable income source or a reliable source for a retiree, but it is also one that has kept up with inflation. And I would say sharply kept up with inflation as compared to like a fixed income security. Uh, where the name, you know, hence the name fixed income, it doesn't generally keep up with the cost of living. But if investors are looking for an alternative or some um, another investment choice to kind of supplement their pension and Social Security, dividends from mainstream equities, we're talking S&P 500, Fortune companies, you know, the sweethearts and stalwarts of America, they have not only, like I said, increased their dividend uh, but we, we refer to it almost as the inflation killer because 
you know, it, it has done such a great job of keeping up. So if we look at an example real quick from 1993 to 2023, the CPI, the Consumer Pricing Index, which the government's tracking right now for inflation, grew at about a rate of two times, so double. So a $4,000 retirement expense in 1993 is now around $8,000. However, according to a research survey done by the New York University, uh, a cash dividend on the S&P 500 in 1993 was about $12.58 per, per share. That has grown to over $68.34 per share. That's almost a six times your, your money over, over time. So as you can see, you know, your, your investment has grown over, over that period of time. I think the, you know, the S&P has grown about 815% in the last 30 years, whereas the fixed income sector has only grown about 113 so not only have dividends kept up with inflation, but they, you know, investing in the stock market does provide some growth for your, your principal in the future. It's just that I think sometimes we're scared. We don't understand the market and um, people tend to, you know, going back to the, the initial prompt there, what do people regret? If I had to imagine, I would say most investors, most retirees may regret being too conservative and not having enough equity. Definitely can. And then they can also regret making the wrong pension or social security choice. So, you know, again, these are things that we really kind of focus on. And I would say, again, you know, anybody who's within five years of retirement time, if you haven't gone through our America's Retirement Headquarters written retirement income plan, uh, we'd be happy to do that. We would look at things like analyzing your social security, looking for ways to optimize your benefits. Uh, we can take a look at your pension options and walk you through what the different scenarios are and give you feedback based upon your family's individual situation versus, you know, maybe what you learned at the water cooler or the guy in the cubicle next door. And then ultimately look at analyzing your investment portfolio, helping build that confidence with your investments, talking about how it, you know, is part of that three-pronged approach of maximizing your income in retirement time, looking at the yield, giving you analysis. And again, you know, for those people that are watching the show or listening to the radio, if you're within five years of retirement time and you have more than $250,000, this would be a great exercise for you to go to because it can make a big difference. And at the end of the day, all roads lead to income. So absolutely make sure you ask us how to boost your retirement income. There's a reason why we don't give absolutes here on the show as far as you should always take your social security at this age or you should always look at the lump sum option when it comes to pensions or you should always take the pension in of itself because there's so many factors in play. And at the end of the day, what you want is going to be what works best for you, not some cookie cutter approach. You don't get that at America's Retirement Headquarters. You get a plan customized for you to start the process to, to begin that conversation and, and develop that retirement plan for you. Give a call 419-794-3030. The website, ARHQ.com. Guys, here we are three months, a little over three months uh, after the end of tax season. And Americans, well, they don't like the results. Just over half said in a new poll by Gallup that their income taxes uh, were not fair. That is the highest uh, number by that, by the, way, by the way, in two decades. But here's the thing. The survey isn't taking into account that the Trump tax cuts, well, they're going to expire uh, coming up pretty soon at the end of 2025. So if they're not happy now, I can only imagine what's going to happen in the future. Isn't the time for tax planning now rather than, than down the road? It, it absolutely is the time to do tax planning now versus later. Uh, and I think it's so crucial. You know, if we, if we go back a little bit in time, you go back to the shows that we did in October. In October, you know, with the market being where it was at, down pretty significantly at the time, we were promoting and talking about the importance of, you know, why it makes sense to look at proactively 
doing the end of the year tax planning and also looking at strategically and tactically some of the positions in the portfolio. Just recently met with a gentleman named John, and you know John's is going to be a newer client. And what we were doing is once we got done working on you know building the independent income system, the the solid foundation of putting the plan together in place, we started to turn our conversation over into you know the fact that the overwhelming lion's share of his money is in this tax deferred category. And so he's taken a little bit of income to subsidize his monthly needs. But, you know, the lion's share of his portfolio, if invested correctly, should continue to build over time. And, you know, whether it's in 2025 when these Trump tax cuts expire or at some point in the future, you know, the U.S. is on this unsustainable course. You know, we're on this course that we're spending 130 or 140 percent of our GDP. And those numbers can't continue on, you know, forever. So one of the things that we continue to promote with folks is it's so important to go through uh, a tax savers checklist and look at, you know, determining the ways to reduce the amount of taxes that you pay, uh, not only now, but also in the future. And if leaving money to your family is important to you, you know, looking at then developing a plan that makes it efficient as part of your estate, I think one of the keys to being successful in investing is trying to keep the government away from your money. And deferring taxes to later on may not be the right approach. Something, Chaz, that you said to me that's always kind of stuck out in my mind is uh, we were doing a presentation and we were talking about this. And you said, you know, what a shame it would be to help you become a better investor to not only do a better job there, but to forget looking at the impact of the taxes. Yeah, because you're and, paying chunks. Yeah, and then if the tax rates would have been higher in the future, you could have had a net negative after looking at higher taxes, uh, even with better investment results. Yeah, and it's all about, with taxes, to me, paying at the lower rate. So I think when we, when we really look back at history, um, we're looking at some of the lowest tax rates that we've seen um, since the, the 40s, really and tax rates are expected to go up. Here's my thing with you know some of the, the dampening mood around taxes as of late. I think a lot of it, or most of it, has to do probably with some of these COVID stimuluses that are starting to dissipate. You know, it's kind of like that hangover that I bet a lot of those people in, at the Bay have. You know, uh, It's just the punch bowl is being taken away by the government, and now they're starting to feel the effects of reality. So that could probably have a lot to do with why a lot of people aren't happy with taxes. Also, uh, it may have to do with the fact that people are, are getting more in wages. The, the, they're, they're getting increases in wages to kind of keep up with inflation. The job market has been pretty competitive. And so I think that leads to higher wages. It could also have something to do with politics. I think, you know, in, in 2020, 63% of the Republicans said that their tax bill was fair. Well, now that uh, figure is only about 36. So it could have something to do with the current administration. Um, but the point is, to your point, Nolan, is that I think taxes are going up, not only because of the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2025, it's going to expire, um, but regardless of whatever they tell you, the politicians, the president, whoever, tax, any, any um, increase in spending over and above our federal budget is by definition a tax increase because it's, like you said, kicking the can down the line. We have to pay that deficit at some point, and, the, and our number one source of revenue is tax. So not only that, uh, you've, you've got the, the budget deficit, we've got a trillion-dollar 
uh, deficit added up. We've got problems with Social Security and Medicare. And by the way, the aging population, you know, I think maybe in 1980, there were 16 to 1 payers for every recipient of Social Security. Now that's expected to be by 2030, maybe 2 to 1. So nobody's not enough people paying in more people getting on the system already some financial issues that's kind of i i joke around sometimes but with your 401ks and your iras it's kind of like having a joint account with uncle sam and he's not balancing his budget he's not um you know <laughs> taking care of his folks and, it, and it's kind of a bad situation where you don't want to be in a joint account with uncle sam right now how good would it feel if you were in a tax-free position completely in a Roth um, or in some sort of other vehicle where, you know, you don't have to worry about paying tax forever. We get it out of the way and it's, and it's done. So, you know, somewhere in the middle is reality. I know not doesn't make sense to convert all your money to Roth sometime, nor does it make sense to have 100% of your money in tax-deferred investments. But by going through that tax roadmap, I, I know we've mentioned and we've offered it before, uh, call us, have us do a tax roadmap analysis. It doesn't cost anything to you, but it'll give you uh, a couple of things. One, you'll walk away with a better understanding of how to sequence your withdrawals, meaning where should you be taking money and when. It also is going to help you determine how much Roth you should have, when we should start converting. Should we implement a tactical approach where we're looking at the market to see if it's a good time? Or do we have a more strategic long-term strategy that we know every year we're going to convert 5000 And then it's going to, as Nolan said, we're going to identify ways to help reduce your taxable income in general in the taxable accounts that you have. Uh, th these are all part of the tax roadmap that we do for every one of our clients that give us a call. And if you look at the numbers, again, uh, national debt right now is over $32 trillion. So, you know, the spending's out of control. The unfunded liabilities are out of control. Um, he's either a bad relative yeah. or he's a, a terrible business partner, but you <laughs> want to get him out of there as quick as possible. So, you know, this is an area of let's be proactive. Uh, let's develop this tax plan. You know, the end result for John, the guy I was mentioning, and, and we took some time, what we found is that he was really in a sweet spot where we had the ability to convert part of his money over to a Roth IRA when he knew what the tax dollars were and be able to do it at a very effective rate. And then we were able to do it tactically, meaning that we were able to selectively look at some of his investments and say, hey, we think long-term these ones probably have the best growth potential. So if you want to get that growth tax-free, these are the ones to take a look at. And he walked out of here thinking, wow, you know, finally, somebody who's taken that comprehensive approach of not only just managing my money, but talking about ways to minimize my taxes and then, you know, taking the comprehensive overall plan. And that, again, is something through that tax savers checklist that we can take you through. Uh, so if you feel like you're overpaying right now and you could overpay in the future and you want to find out, you know, how the government uh, can, you know, help keep them away from your money, that tax savers checklist is, is important. And, and a final thought, we'd love it if you take an opportunity, uh, make sure you like us on Facebook. So America's Retirement Headquarters, we're on Facebook. Uh, make sure you like us on YouTube, America's Retirement Headquarters. And the interesting thing is, is you know, we get a lot of people that comment on our, our Facebook or YouTube, and we love comments. Uh, so shoot us a message. Tell us what you think about this segment or uh, a show segment that we should do in the future. And a lot of people on uh, social media, they'll complain about our government. They'll complain about tax rates. 
The reality is, at the end of the day, we can't control the government and what they do with tax rates. But what you can do as a listener to this show is you can control your individual situation and you can control your taxes by knowing what the tax code is, knowing the strategies that Chaz just talked about, and then implementing those ideas based upon what you think is in your best interest after you even coordinate it with your CPA or accountant or tax professional. And again, take back control of your situation. Uh, don't let the government decide how much is your fair share in the future. Because at the end of the day, that silent partner uh, that you have in Uncle Sam, temporarily silent, uh, when it comes time to collect his fair share, whether it is tax increases at the end of 2025, whether it is when you start taking those RMDs, he is not going to be silent. He's going to make sure he gets what he believes is his fair share. Why don't you negotiate that a little bit right now and and maybe buy them out, you know, as, as much as possible and, and pay as little as possible. It all starts with having that, that tax savers checklist because just by listening and tuning in on, online, you know, you're showing that you're taking your retirement seriously and you've hopefully have a good amount of money saved or invested uh, towards retirement. But if you're neglecting taxes, uh, it could really uh, be a, a undoer of your retirement. So take advantage of this. Have that tax savers checklist uh, run through with you with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, 419 794 3030. Guys, there has been a mindset in financial planning that says save till you're 70, then start spending. One advisor told the story of a client in their 60s who was so focused on saving that he and his wife didn't go on vacation for four years. I, I can't even imagine that. How do you counsel your clients that it's okay to actually, you know, spend money in retirement and, you know, maybe even in the years leading up to retirement? Well, I think, you know, with our combined experience of 50 plus years of advising people in retirement time, there is some really good takeaways. And I think, you know, I've run into several different situations where people really, you know, had a difficult time being comfortable spending in retirement. I think part of it is uh, based upon your own life experiences, right? Is maybe how you were raised, what you saw happen to your, your parents or grandparents, I think kind of shapes who you are. Um, but it also comes down to the biggest fear that retirees have, which is the fear of outliving their income, the fear of running out of money. Um, I can think of an, an example recently of somebody that we met with, with Steve and Paula. Uh, they'd come into the office. We'd met with them. We did a solid financial plan. You know, and and when, when you looked at it, what we found is that they had a pretty high probability that they were going to be comfortable. And, you know, what Paula did is she expressed to me uh, her concern that Steve's spending was going to spend too fast and that, that, you know, she just couldn't get over the fact of worrying about running out of money. I mean, it was something that constantly had bugged her and she had called back to the office to want to talk to me to get more counseling on, on what the fact was. And, you know, really in my experience, she has, I think, you know, one of the things that we figured out is, uh, you know, many people in their working years, you, you're used to that steady income, right? You have a reliable job and the paycheck just shows up all the time. And so if you have all of your money or most of your money invested into the stock market, although you can take withdrawals from that money, there's no guarantee that those paychecks will last forever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's only going to last as long as that portfolio lasts. And so one of the things, if you're uh, a listener and you're worried about, you know, spending and your goal is, is to make sure that you have enough money to last forever, make sure that you have enough money in investments that are going to give you paychecks 
for the rest of your lifetime. They're going to give you income forever. So if you have enough reliable income, then you should have a bucket of money that's left over. That bucket of money can be used for your, your paychecks. It can be used for going on vacation. It can be used for maybe if you wanted to do something nice for the kids and take them on a vacation or, you know, do something to help them out and give them a gift. You know, that paycheck money is going to, you know, make it a lot more comfortable. So, you know, by doing some counseling with Steve and Paula and kind of running through that scenario, again, working with our process, it's called the independent income system and being able to have enough money positioned in accounts that provided income, regardless of what happens with the ups and downs of the market, allowed them to start to feel a little bit more comfortable about spending and, and their different habits. Yeah. I know with you, Chaz, you've gone through the same scenario, I've, you know, watched on the different planning approaches and helping coach people uh, through that. W what would you say when people are looking at, you know, what should I do and how should I develop my overall spending habits? Yeah, well, it all comes back to the financial plan in the earlier part of the segment where you said making that social security security decision is absolutely crucial because it's going to provide that floor of income that pretty much the rest of your entire financial house is built on. And the stronger the foundation, the the less uh, heavy lifting our investments have to do. So it really is uh, somewhat of an art form to try to get that perfect balance between longevity concerns, uh, keeping up with inflation, and then still having a, an appropriate amount of reliable income. But one of the things I think are uh, probably weighing in here is why, and I agree, so many of our clients come in with the fear of have, of running out of money. I just had a conversation with a client and you know they've got, in Social Security, both of them are waiting till 70. They've made all the right decisions. We can take an additional, I don't know, call it $150,000 a year out of their investments until both spouses are 95. And I, you know, I'm really excited about that plan and I look over at the couple and they're like, well, maybe we can batten down or tighten up. I'm like, no, you guys are hmm. fine. Spend, you know, enjoy retirement. So I think a lot of that has to do with retirement really is only is a relatively new concept. I mean, probably in the last hundred years. And I would say that is because prior to that, people just worked until they died or they didn't live very long. And so now people are starting to think about retirement. Um, you know, so in this segment, I think the the concept here that we need to develop is, you know, when are we when should we start spending? How are we comfortable spending? And it really comes down to striking that balance between mental health, physical health, financial health, in order for our retirees to be happy. And so, one concept that that in the research we did for the segment talks about, okay, why don't we just spend uh, what T. Rowe Price calls mini retirement? And so. The concept is really kind of built on the fact that when you're saving in your 60s, it's not as impactful as a person that's saving in their 20s. And the reason being is that you're only three to four years away from retirement. More things could go wrong in some cases. The market pulls back just right before you retire versus having that extended runway like a 20-year-old has to let the, the market do its thing and, and really reap the benefits of compounding um, mm. interest. But what, you know, the article would, would say, and, and I've actually read some, some fair amount of research on this. It was in one of the books I read. I, I love the four-hour work week. Tim Ferriss talks about it. But, you know, taking little mini retirement. So instead of hypothetically maybe contributing the catch-up contribution to your, your 401k, why not take that ten or $5,000 you know, $5, or 7000 and spend it on a new car, okay, and then work another six months and maybe then 
spend 15000 on that vacation, you know, and, and for, the, for the guy that didn't take his wife on a vacation for four years, you know, you might want to look into a good attorney or, you know, try the mini retirement thing because that's not going to be sustainable. You're going to need to, to go on vacations and do some things. So little mini retirements up until the time you fully retire, take two weeks off, spend 10 grand, take a few, you know, work six more months. And what that's going to do, that's going to allow you to one, enjoy some of your money while you're in an age to be able to do it, enjoy your family. But I think it's going to help you be able to work later into you know, later into retirement and not have to worry so much and not just be saving for saving's sake. You're actually putting, um, you're giving meaning to the wealth. You know, I'm spending and I'm saving this money because I know what I want to do. I want to enjoy it with my family. Yeah. I mean, if somebody's having that lifestyle enjoyment and they're able to do that, I mean, I've run into a ton of people that, you know, kind of cut back a little bit. They take some of those mini vacations and allows them to kind of test drive a little bit about what retirement right. looks like. And then gives them a better idea of how much should I spend in retirement time. So there's really, there's two ways that we can help out here. First of all, if you're already in retirement time and you're, you know, worried about, do I have enough? Uh, how do I position my portfolio to make sure that I have confidence in my ability to spend, but at the same time, I have protection for having income for life. That's absolutely a conversation that we can have. And then for those of you that, you know, are within five years of retirement time, maybe not bankroll all that vacation time, mm -hmm. maybe take some of that paid time off, enjoy that time off. As you point out, you know, one, the impact of making contributions right towards retirement time versus a 20 year old is not going to be as impactful. But, you know, taking some time to test drive that retirement, you know, getting a month or six weeks off, uh, not only can help you enjoy work and stay a little bit longer, mm -hmm. being in your higher income years, that's going to be even that much more money that's going to extend it out even longer, uh, provide some of the lifestyle enjoyment that you have. And as our previous shows have talked about, you know, it's like 40% of the time people get forced into early retirement because of healthcare related issues. Or think about uh, those of you that are listening that somebody who worked all their life and then passed away right before retirement or, or right after retirement and never really got the chance to enjoy the fruits of their labor. This also gives you the ability to do that. You know, so we're absolutely available to help you talk about how much you should spend in retirement time. And again, with your within five years, we can talk about helping you develop this test drive program. Or if you're in retirement time and you want to gain more confidence, that's exactly what we can do to help out. And it all starts with that phone call, 419-794-3030, to schedule a time to speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. Again, a lot of great uh, videos available on YouTube as well if you just search for America's Retirement Headquarters, including previous shows. And if you want to learn more about the independent income system, you just uh, type that into Google. It's going to be the top result there. And if you want to see how it all works for you specifically, uh, give a call with the team 419-794-3030 or visit the website arhq.com. Kind of want to continue what we were talking about earlier. A lot of Americans plan to work longer because, well, they don't think they're financially ready for retirement. The new Transamerica survey shows 55% plan to work after they retire and 15% expect their primary source of retirement income to come from working. Here's Carrie Hannon with Yahoo Finance. 
The number one reason people say that they plan to work in retirement in some fashion is because they're concerned about Social Security not being enough. The second reason is because they're worried they're not going to have enough income, enough savings in order to support their lifestyle in a comfortable way. And the third reason is to pay for health expenses, which you and I know is going to be a huge ticket item as people grow older. Now, have clients come to you guys with this pressure, with the stress on them, and were you able to help turn it around? You know, a fair question, is it better to retire or keep working? And I think it all comes down to, again, making some really smart decisions. So there's a couple things that I would say. First of all, in that segment that Carrie talked about, you know, she mentioned the fact of Social Security not being enough. But we can't stress enough the importance of making the correct decision on how to get the most lifetime income with your Social Security benefits. You know, in our earlier segment that we talked about, when we went over what is the biggest source of retirement income, you know, what we talked about is the fact that Social Security, according to the Social Security Administration, is one of the biggest sources of income, providing roughly 37% of a typical retiree's income. So you've got to get that decision right. Uh, I recently talked with a guy named John. John's still working, and he was going to go ahead and he wanted to take Social Security so he could kind of stockpile some money so he had enough of an extra cushion, if you would. The problem was is he had not reached full retirement age. And so if he did select to take Social Security early and he made more than roughly about twenty one thousand dollars you know which is a substantial earnings number he would start to face uh, significant reductions in his benefits and taking it early may not be his best approach Um, it it comes down to lifestyle it comes down to enjoyment Uh, i know as an example i'm very actively involved hooves where we use rescue horses to rescue veterans with post-traumatic stress Uh, There's a great guy, uh, and he serves on our grant committee. His name is Randy. You know, Randy's a retiree, but he's taking the skills that he spent a lifetime, you know, and learned, and he's using that now to help, you know, save our veterans, to help find those funds that are out there, you know, because he he still found something passionate about. He still feels like he's using the skills of what he got, but he didn't need the financial resources because – as a nonprofit, you know, our budgets are kind of tight. We appreciate people like Randy. We appreciate people, and we want people to still be active, whether you're working or retired. you got to find something that you want to do. Um, Scott's not here today. I know, Chad, you're taking care of him, but one of the things that Scott and I did is uh, we went out with one of his clients who's retired, but he's a fishing boat captain out on Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I I think I could be a fishing boat captain out on Lake Erie. I could be a fishing boat captain down in Florida. Um, That would be something, you know, that I just find enjoyment about. And it would put a little extra money in my pocket in retirement time. When when I look at it, again, when I'm looking at helping coach advise somebody on whether they should retire or keep working, it comes down to financial resources. Do you have enough? It also comes down to your health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to if you're going to retire, you know, what does that look like and how are you going to spend that extra time are kind of the different areas that I go through talking to people about. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be the biggest thing to decide is um, what your financial situation is, what your goals are, but also how burned out or how stressed out you you are about work. I mean, that's the, probably the number one issue that I would have. And, and we do have a lot of... Um, I personally have a lot of uh, automotive workers, and that's hard work, you know, standing on your feet and, and things like that. And so um, we have some first responders jumping in and out of fire trucks their whole life. That's something to think about, too, is the career that you're in, 
and your your health situation and how long you're willing to do it. And so, uh, but beyond that, I think just in general, there are some advantages and some disadvantages to maybe deciding when during the year you might decide to retire. So retiring during, you know, the earlier months of the year uh, may be a better tax situation because it would give you less income for the year technically. Um, you may also be able to take advantage of those vacation payouts that we talked about earlier, um, take advantage of the healthcare FSA, whereas retiring at the very end of the year could be beneficial if you lack the reserves or the cash flow to, you know, cover your living expenses while you're, while you're in retirement. So, um, that may also play into the, um, the aspect of getting the colas. So every year, hopefully every year, Social Security looks at what the cost of living is and they give the Social Security um, recipients a cost of living adjustment. And so if you retire later in the year, uh, that might benefit you in a sense because you're going to be able to qualify, get, kind of get a, a jump start on those cost of living adjustments. So, but, you know, regardless of whatever age you decide to retire, it is important that you talk to a financial advisor because um, around your 50, 59s and 60-year-olds, uh, there are a lot of things that need to happen. Um, Social Security collection strategies, we need to talk about Medicare de decision-making. If Scott was here, he'd, he'd talk about how busy that 65-year-old that year is for a lot of folks. And so just be aware of the age that you start withdrawing money from your retirement accounts as well. We don't want you to incur any penalties or, or additional unnecessary fees or anything like that. Perhaps you're in a situation where you love your job. We certainly hope that is the case, where you do enjoy your job and you have no plan on retiring, or maybe you're just uh, waiting until you have uh, enough saved up before you can clock out for the last time. Either way you go about it, you need to have a plan in place to uh, hopefully uh, give you a, a better outlook on things. You know, if you've got a good plan in place and you know you'll be okay to retire, it might make, uh, you know, going to that job every day a little bit uh, more, more bearable. Or at the same time, you, you know that if their situation does arise where there are layoffs or, heaven forbid, health situations or whatever, and you have to step back, you know you're going to be okay uh, all the same. It just comes back to having that plan to to fall back on, and, and maybe you never have to utilize it. But you don't know until you, you schedule a time to speak with them and start developing that plan. The team at America's Retirement Headquarters, let them put their combined 50-plus years of experience uh, to work for you. 419 794 3030 is how you go about doing it, or go to ARHQ.com. Fellas, a new survey by Forbes found that more than half of American adults with vacation plans, they have concerns about their luggage being lost while flying, and perhaps with good reason, depending on, on where they're flying to. The top five worst airports for lost and damaged luggage are JFK in New York, Miami International, LAX, uh, Norfolk International, and Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International, uh, all pretty high chances of luggage being lost and or damaged. So there is a known risk when it comes to traveling through these airports. Similarly, there are known risks when it comes to staying in the stock market. How do you help assess a client's portfolio risk so that, you know, it arrives without uh, significant delays or damage to it? Well, it's interesting that Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood was on that list because that's uh, one of the places I typically fly into <laughs> when I head down south. So that explains why my luggage is always banged up. That'll do it. Yep, I got uh, actually uh, we, my wife and I we bought each other new luggage for Christmas, so hopefully uh, that stays a little bit uh, better. You know, when we're looking at clients, a portfolio risk and making sure that it delays, you know, and arise without significant damage. I think it's talking about how to assess portfolio risk, and and when we look at it and we look at the different risk, I think that it involves with investing. There, there's so many risks that people need to take a look at and. 
that's why it's important, I'd say, to have a co-pilot with you. It's important to have somebody that's, you know, watching out over your luggage. It's somebody, it's important to have somebody that's looking for a blind spot for you because these are the things that catch you off guard. You know, when we're looking at the terms of portfolio risk, the risk can kind of go on and on and on. But a couple of the big ones that we can help out with is number one is what is called sequence of return risk. You know, what happens in your portfolio when you're close to or right at retirement time makes a big, big difference in called sequence of return risk. You have just general market risk. Uh, you have credit risk. You have interest rate risk. You have liquidity risk, inflation risk, currency risk, you know, political risk, regulatory risk, concentration risk, volatility risk, risk in uh, uh, reinvestments. And, you know, the list can kind of go on and on and on. And so oftentimes it can leave an investor either paralyzed or it can leave an investor to make a poor decision uh, about what you know they should do and, and often make a poor decision at the wrong time with their investment portfolios, which is why it's so important to have that co-pilot with you. It's so important to have somebody that can kind of help coach and mentor you too, you know, through when the, the times are tough or to be sitting next to you and be able to watch out for that blind spot and say, hey, look out, that's a risk and that's a risk that we can eliminate. And Chaz, I think one of the things that I love about what you do is, you know, in our planning process and developing what is called our investment policy statements, you know, we help identify and talk about these various risks and then, you know, provide some feedback on, on what that looks like. And so as we're going through the investment policy statement and you're talking about, you know, how to help somebody assess their portfolio risk, what are the things that we do that, you know, kind of coach them through? Yeah, absolutely. I would just add the uh, Thailand airport is pretty bad, too. We got some new <laughs> luggage for my wife and it, we the first time we touched down it was shredded. We, it was done. Mm -hmm. But um so, yeah, I think I love that analogy of flying a plane because it is kind of like flying in pea soup. I had a mentor tell me that the market, um, because you can't see in front of you sometimes. We don't have a crystal ball, so we don't know. But what we do have is our instrumentation. And so it's kind of like being 20,000 feet up and not being able to see in front of you, your hand in front of your face, but knowing that you're up and that you're at the right altitude and you're traveling at the right speed because you've got your, your instrumentation in front of you. And so that's kind of what we do here at the Retirement Guys. We have a lot of sophisticated tools that we use to kind of gauge how your, your journey is progressing towards retirement. Um, one of those is a risk assessment tool that we use called Nitrogen. And, um, you know, sometimes when I meet with clients and they talk about, you know, what your risk tolerance is, and clients will inevitably say, well, I think I'm moderately conservative. And when I hear that, I just generally cringe because it's such a generic label. It really doesn't provide us much help. Essentially, it says, you know, when the market's up, I'm very moderate. But when the market's down, I am very conservative. And so um, the risk questionnaire that we use is built on decades worth of behavioral science. It includes some work done on uh, that won the Nobel Prize for Economics in 2002. And what it does is it relates your risk in uh, the re risk and reward trade-off to a corresponding number. And so by giving your risk a number, what it allows the advisor and our staff here to do is to just be more proactive, uh, to, be, to, to allow for more productive client advisor conversations and a relationship because now we have something that we can quantify. 
It's not, are you moderate? Because again, moderate means something to me is different than it means to Nolan and our listeners. But if I say my risk score, Chaz, is a 55, well, then that's something we can quantify. We can kind of build a framework around it to manage our clients' expectations a little bit better so you know going into the relationship, it's going to fluctuate between these two you know, numbers 95% of the time. Um, it's something that we can talk about when it, um, as it pertains to risk that is not emotional. Um, it is not, it's mathematical and it's methodical and it's a process that we are constantly refining over the six to 12 months, you know, meeting increments that we do to make sure that, as you say, Nolan, we're stacking the deck always in your favor. If you want to learn about how to put the odds in your favor, uh, go online, ARHQ.com, click on the events tab. Uh, Our economic summit, we're taking reservations now, is coming up. And uh, we're going to be talking about how to put the odds in your favor. So we can help you with that. And again, show you some of the software we can use to help guide you through whatever the weather is that's up ahead. And uh, be that guy that's sitting in the co-pilot seat uh, to help you watch out for those blind spots. I think it's pretty safe to say that people are more aware uh, in the past couple of years of what their risk tolerance might be. Maybe not the exact number, but they're certainly aware of the fact that there is risk in the market. It doesn't go up forever like it, it did for that that you know fantastic run that we did but actually finding that and fine-tuning it uh, can go a long way to helping your retirement to be as uh, sustainable and, and enjoyable as possible it all starts with that phone call 419-794-3030 uh, you can go to arhq.com like nolan said you can get uh, more information including on how to make your reservation for the upcoming economic summit arhq.com and one last time that phone number 419-794-3030 want to thank you, as we always do. Really do appreciate you spending time with us here on the show, America's Retirement Headquarters. Please have a great week ahead of you. Be safe out there. Gentlemen, as always, appreciate the time. And as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. Well, you know, I really consider us the captain for our client's financial future. And if we think about it, you know, one of the things that we want to help you do is rise above the storm and you're going to find the sunshine. So thanks for taking time to tune in this week. Just remember, folks, uh, when you think retirement, think America's Retirement Headquarters. It's home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.